Howdy, everybody, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. Sorry about that intro. Uh, I had the audio settings on something different, so I don't know if y'all heard it or not. But welcome to the show. My name is Jake Green. Um, yeah, what a game yesterday. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But um, before we do, head on over to Instagram or Twitter. You can follow me, um, all my Wrexham tweets and posts and all that. WXM Texan. Rexum Texan on both of those accounts. You can also go to my company's website to stream this right now as we speak. I mean, I think we can so do you it. You can also go to look at that picture and a picture and a picture and a picture. Let's see how look at that. I mean, I think there's infinite Jake's right there. <laughs> that is so crazy looking. Interesting. Okay. Well, head on over to peacefulc.network to, to stream this, or you can go to YouTube. Um, I think it's on Rumble, Twitter, Facebook right now. And yeah, yeah, go check it out over there. If you're going to the website, you can also check out all the other things that we make, including two other podcasts with four coming next year, four more coming next year, um, our movies that we make, documentaries, all that stuff. So yeah, all right, let's see. Sorry about that. Here we go. Okay. Yesterday's game, beginning of the FA Cup. Super excited about the FA Cup. I love, love watching tournament style sports. Um, the World Cup is by far my all time favorite. Um, not by far, but it's my all time favorite sporting event, followed by, I don't know, point one. Point one points behind it is March Madness here in the United States, which is college basketball tournament. Uh, 64 teams battle out to see who gets to be the champion in like three weeks. So it's just a massive amount of games within three weeks. So it's a really fun time. But FA Cup, our first draw was Mansfield Town, who is like, I think, aren't they directly behind us? Weren't they directly behind us in the league table? Um, oh, they still are. Yeah. Okay. So they're directly behind us in the league table, um, which means it was always going to be a very good game. And man, it really didn't disappoint. Uh, we seemed, I don't know, there's something about it. Like the whole first half, we seemed to be in control of it. We seemed to be in control of, of the flow. We seemed to get a lot of scoring chances, a couple that we probably should have scored on, um, that, that, uh, we failed to do so, but, Overall, the possession is about equal. Um, the duels were about equal. They had uh, 10 more interceptions than we did. We had, or no, they had 10. We had four. Both were offsides once, and we won seven corners, and they won five. Um, so very even game. Um, they're, they're a good team. It was a fun game to watch. And, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed I watched it. Uh, me and my, me and my wife built a uh, hangout spot in the magnolia tree in our front yard. We basically put down a massive amount of wood chips as the ground cover underneath it. Um, cut some smaller branches, cut away some leaves, set up 
right now five chairs, mounted a TV to the trunk of the tree, uh, put in a couple batteries that are powered by a solar panel, and uh, we put in a putting in a countertop in there, and uh, what else? A grill and a fire pit. <laughs> you might say, Jake, there's a fire pit inside of a tree. The best idea. Um, yeah, it is. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be one of those fire pits that uh, has a lot of safety protection on it so that sparks can't go flying. And um, yeah, it should be pretty awesome. I've watched four, five sporting events out there since we <laughs> since we built it. And I think we've won. I think my team has won every single time. So maybe I'm the reason that my team is, my teams are doing so well recently. My Texas Rangers won the world series in baseball, which was a long time coming. We, before the season started, we were one of six teams that had never won the world series. And we've been around since 1961. So fantastic year. There was a, there was a time, I believe it was 2011 where we got to the world series. It was down to the last strike and we couldn't get them out, and they ended up winning the game and winning the series. So we got just that close about a little over a decade ago. Um, and it was, I mean, yeah, I watched the, the last three games of the World Series in the Magnolia Tree, <laughs> watching in the freezing cold. We were wrapped up in blankets, but man, we'd won twice with me watching out there. So I was like, we got to watch it out there again because that's the reason that we're winning. I am definitely superstitious in that way. Um, let's see, back to Mansfield Town versus Wrexham. Even on passing, even on long passes, even on passing accuracy. I mean, it was about the most even game there was that we've played this year. Everything is very close. They had more shots than we did, but we had more shots on target, which means their shot percentage is going to be way worse than ours. Uh, our shotting, shot accuracy is is uh, twice as good as theirs for this game. Um, they had 15 shots outside the box, which always means, or most of the time means that they're not going to have the best shot accuracy. If you're shooting all your shots from outside the box, that's not a good sign. Um, they did, however, have 10 shots inside the box, and we had 12. So um, let's see. On the defense, defensive side, about even. Tackles, about even. Clearances, we had a lot more clearances. Um, and a lot of those uh, were towards the end of the halves. Um, discipline. The number of fouls that we got in this game was, sorry, the uh, my phone is uh, making the little clicking sound with the microphone. Um, let's see. Fouls conceded. We fouled 12 times. They did five. We had two yellow cards. They had one. To be honest, though, I don't really remember much. I feel like the the penalties or the the fouls and the cards were fine. I feel like we we definitely committed a bunch of fouls, and so I, I wasn't. I don't remember complaining about the refs very much in this game. Um, but let's see. Back on the attack. So in the twenty third minute, here I got. Uh, here we go. In the 23rd minute, this happened. Will it be a decisive blow in the context of this contest? 
Oh no, this is the Molen goal. My bad. So in the 60th minute, that happened. Sam Dalby over to Paul Mullen. Context of this contest. Cranks it in the back of the net. Only suffered their first defeat of the season in the League Cup. Fantastic! What a play. Sam Dalby had a killer game yesterday. He got us our first goal um, in the 23rd minute. Fantastic. I believe the pass was from either Cannon or Jones, if I remember correctly. But um, he had a perfect strike, upper 90, far post. It was beautiful. And, yeah, uh, let's see. I think, did I save this? No, I didn't save it. But I know that me, the wife, and Rex MAFC mentioned that ever since Dalby signed a new contract with us, he's been killing it. Um, and that's true. I mean, he had... He was a part of both goals today. Uh, he assisted one and scored the other. Uh, yeah, he assisted the game winner to Mullen in the 58th minute. And then soon after that, Oates scored their goal, which uh, definitely made things more interesting, made it a little more tense. Um, it's at that point where you realize that, you know, we could potentially draw and have to do a freaking replay. I just, what I, the one thing I do not want out of the FA Cup is to have to do a replay. Like you don't want to spend more time, like take up more game days for league play because of the FA cup. So the fewer replays that we can play, the better, <laughs> obviously. Um, so I was very happy that we were able to hold out and Arthur Conquo. I mean, what a beast that dude is so good. Um, I was chatting with a couple of Wrexham folks after, and man, we all agreed that we just want to sign him immediately. Like as soon as possible, whenever we can, whenever that window opens up for us to sign him, I think I think that would be a very, very smart move. We could have him for a very long time. I know that's what I've been waiting for is some is like Mark Howard crushed it for us all last year, did has done well since he uh, during his games this season. But it would be really nice to have a goalie that is under 30 years old. <laughs> and so Arthur Conquo definitely fits in that category and just has been an all-around beast. I mean, he's got he's so tall and his limbs are so long. Um, and he's got great reaction. It doesn't seem like he has great reaction. I think like it seems like he's a little it looks like he's a little slow at times. But I think that's because he's so tall. Um, I think the bigger, the like taller and bigger you get, the more slowly it looks like you move, but you're actually moving really fast. Your arms are just, you know, your limbs are just long. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is about that. I think we could do a whole analysis on that. I'm, for some reason, I think of the Entmoots in, in Lord of the Rings, um, how slowly they move, but they're actually covering a ton of ground while they move slowly, like they'd st still move faster than either Mary or Pippin could move um, if they were just running through the woods. So, yeah, I don't know. There's something to that. Doesn't matter. That's a weird tangent to go down. So I apologize. Um, let's see. Before the game, I know that. Uh, let's see. Share this tab instead. Someone posted this, which I thought was great. To keep their sh shape, it's a good switch though. And Cargill playing at left back feeds it towards the edge of the area of breaking. 
He uh, somebody put in Mark Griffiths over Mark Donaldson, <laughs> which is fantastic. I'm not sure why my audio just came out of my computer. That was really weird. Um, apologies, y'all. I'm not really sure. I'm having all sorts of technical difficulties today. Um, yeah, that was weird. I thought I heard it come out of the computer and not my headphones. So apologies if that was the case, but I love that somebody went and took the time to write Griffiths over Donaldson. <laughs> um, also, the reason I'm showing tweets. All right. So the past few episodes, I've started to get the preliminary actions to copyright claims on some of my videos. And so um, I'm going to lay off showing clips of the show and most of the highlights for at least a little while, um, because it's clear that I am um, garnering some attention for, for using copyrighted material, even though there's some argument to be made that it is like, especially the highlights, um, the highlights, I, I believe, are, are fair use, um, especially if I'm commenting on them, if I'm not just playing the highlights without commenting on them. With It's it's basically like a news report. Um, and in the news, like if, if there's a news broadcast on BBC or Fox News or CNN or whatever, you're allowed to take that broadcast, and but you must comment on it. You can't just re-air it. And so um, I think the highlights, I should be okay, but... The documentary series, it's less likely that I could get away with that. Um, and I knew that from the beginning. I I tried to get away with it for as long as possible. And I might, I'll probably come back to it. But for now, I don't think I'm going to be showing any more clips as of like as of right now. I might get back to it. I can I can probably take some screenshots and get away with that because I think it's under six seconds and it's just really hard to show a clip with context in six seconds of a TV show. So um, yeah, maybe I can take some screenshots and talk more about how the, how the show is made rather than um, the story in general. Um, so yeah, let's see. We have Mr. Sean Winter talking about how that is an extremely hard fought win. The boys didn't stop. Fantastic game of football. Brilliant again. It absolutely was. I mean, it was a fantastic game. It was great. Um, I had completely forgotten that it would be on ESPN. So I tried to tune in to iFollow and realized, oh, it's not there. <laughs> uh, got really worried for a second, then remembered, oh yeah, the FA Cup, they play that on ESPN. So quickly turned on ESPN. Um, and was able to watch the entire game. And man, getting that worldwide audience is is something else. And I will say it is far better commentary when Mark Griffiths is the one commentating. And I know that uh, half of that is because he is a Wrexham supporter. So having that uh, Homer um, commenting and analyzing the game, it makes it easier and more fun if you are, in fact, a Wrexham fan. And uh, Mark Donaldson seemed to, I mean, he did a great job. Mark, Mark Donaldson, no problem with, with his commentating. Um, he just, yeah, he's just, he's just not Mark Griffiths, and he's, he's not a fan of Wrexham. In fact, he almost seemed like he didn't like Wrexham at times, 
or at least didn't like all the hype surrounding them in the show. But I could just be reading into stuff. Um, I don't really care either way. He did. I thought he did a great job com commenting on it and everything. So um, Mr. Wayne Jones says, we're just dead effing good, aren't we? We've got super parky. Absolutely. Um, Wayne Jones. Love that. Love that dude on the documentary series. And yes, we are just, we're just good. We're just freaking good. And I've been saying this since like week, since like game five, since like match five, I thought we had, we basically could field two full squads or full starting lineups of teams that could be in league two. I think we have that much talent. Um, in fact, we could go over the list. Um, that would actually be a pretty fun exercise for, for an episode is to try to break it down and see if we could split up the team into two teams and get, and figure out which one we think would, uh, if we think both could be in league two, I think that'd be a pretty fun exercise. So maybe I'll do that. Um, after the Mansfield game, this, this happened, which I'm not a huge fan of. James McLean taunting some Mansfield supporters who are getting all riled up and coming right up to the barrier. McLean tries to get closer to him. He's stopped by Tozer. Um, looks like Tozer and Jones. One of the Mansfield idiots tries to climb over the bar barricade. Okay. I love the fight, man. I like McLean. You're awesome. Um, I, I love the passion and the energy that you bring to the club. I even love some of the arguing that you do and some of the heat that you bring on the refs. But come on, man. These are two, these are like two or three drunk doofus Mansfield fans who just lost. Why are you even giving them the time of day? They're not on the field. They're not on the pitch. They're not a threat or um, they're not even, they're just not even a part of the game. They're just not even a part of it. So don't even give them the time of day. Don't, I mean, this, this is like, acting like a little child. I would, uh, you're, you're a professional football player. Why are you stooping to the level of drunk fans? I, I, I don't care what they said. Just walk into the locker room, man. You just won. You just won two, one. You just knocked out Mansfield from the, from the FA cup. So I don't, yeah, I don't agree with, with that side of your, your passion. <laughs> Um, and who knows, it could be a thing in life where you can't really have one without the other, though. I don't necessarily believe that to be the case. I know plenty of competitors who, once the game is done, they're normal people and they don't pick fights with fans. Um, if Tozer and Jones hadn't been there and if that one security person hadn't been there, I feel like it would have gotten physical and, I mean, it's probably best for the Wrexham club and those two Mansfield fans that it didn't, because I think that McLean would destroy them. And he looks like someone who could just mop the floor with you. So um, also to those two fans, don't pick fights with players. 
you dum-dums. Don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Um, represent your club better than that. Um, really stupid. Really, really stupid. All right. Do we have anything else to talk about with this match? Uh, match report? No. No, we didn't. All right. So the biggest news after the match, obviously, is who we drew. We drew Yeovil for the second round of the FA Cup. Um, we will be hosting them. They are down in National League South, and they are winning National League South at the moment. They're leading. I think they have 32 points, um, which I think is like six above six points above the second place team right now. So um, they got relegated back down from the National League to National League South, which is unfortunate with them for them. But it seems like they have pulled it back together and are starting to make their, you know, make the run back up. So it will be an interesting match. I mean, there are two whole leagues below us. So I, I don't know what to think about that. Like, I've mentioned this before. If you focus on the fact that they are two leagues below us, I think that we'd end up playing down to their level. This is what the my Texas A&M Aggies do every single time. Um, if it's a bad team, we play down to their level. If it's a team that's like one and six and we're six and one, we're going to end up barely beating that team because we focus on the fact that that team is terrible and um, we play like them. <laughs> so that's really frustrating. Um, so let's uh, hope Parky and the rest of the staff can keep our focus correct um, before this game. Um, it doesn't say when or where, or it doesn't say when, so I'm sure we'll get that soon. I wish it would say, said when on here, but it doesn't, so it is what it is. Uh, the guys over at Fearless and Devotion posted this, which I thought was super interesting. Prior to this season, the only team to beat us on home soil in the two full seasons under Robin Ryan ownership was Yeovil back in 2021 in November. Since being relegated from the National League, they've regrouped and lead the NL South table with 10 wins from 14 games. Um, it's a very interesting stat. They aren't a bad team. I think uh, that's one of the biggest misconceptions with like National League versus like now that we're in the league. Um, thinking teams outside of the league aren't very good, I think is a huge mistake, especially since Yeovil was in the National League recently. Uh, it's not like they're a terrible team. And it, um, if they're leading the let's actually go over and see if they're leading National, the National League South, then. I mean, that says something like They've won 10 out of 14 games. That's very impressive. Let's see. I'm pulling up the table right now and go down to the south. Let's look at there. Okay, so they're only three points ahead of Avely. Avely? I don't know how to pronounce that one. Apologies if I mispronounced it. Um, their goal differential is 12. So they scored 12 more than their opponents. Yeah, one, 10, drawn two, lost two. So they're not a bad team and they, we should do our very best to not underestimate them. Um, because that's, that's how you end up getting kicked out of these tournaments 
is by underestimating your opponent and uh, taking it for granted that that you're going to win. So let's let's try not to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, but looking forward to it. Like I said, I love tournament play. It's everything about it is exciting, and I know that it helps. Like this particular one helps the club in a lot of ways. One is recognition. You get that ESPN worldwide coverage. Like you can watch that game anywhere in the world um, yesterday, and uh, it's on ESPN, which is, I mean, got to be the biggest sports platform on earth since it's owned by Disney. They do have a lot of issues. They are going down in views, um, which is probably deserved considering some of their choices, but they're still maybe the biggest sports platform on earth. And so uh, getting that kind of international recognition is a huge deal. As you keep going further into the cup, you keep winning more money for the club, which is a huge deal considering um, how many players we've signed for probably too much money than we can afford over the last two seasons. And so, um, yeah, the further we go, the better. And plus, Wrexham is known as the giant killers. Like, we want to get to those to those rounds where we're playing championship teams. Um, even, well, I guess, yeah, yeah, championship teams, you know, like Sheffield, when we played them uh, last year. Unbelievable, unbelievable games against them last year. That was so much fun. I remember those games so well. I don't remember why I remember those so vividly compared to some of the league play games, but man, I do. We were watching uh, the docu series when they covered when they covered that, um, and I just remembered all of it. It was fantastic and it just stuck with me. I think it's because it's tournament play. There's, it's like every single game you play in a tournament, all the stakes are on the line. Like it's all there, and so it's really tangible. It's not like, okay, this is just one of a bunch that will add up to where we end up next season. This is, we either win or we're going home forever and we're out of this tournament. So I, yeah, I just love tournament play. It's so good. All right. Let's talk about the latest episode of Welcome to Wrexham called The Hand of Foz. And man. Everyone remembers, everyone who was a fan at the time and who was watching what was happening with Wrexham remembers this, uh, this like week of matches, remembers this Knotts County game at the very least. I remember specifically the 3-1 loss to Halifax the week prior because it, everyone was freaking out, not everyone. Tons and tons of people were freaking out saying, this is it, like, is proves that Knotts is going to beat us. Like, we don't have stand a chance. This is like, this is the end of our season. We're going to have to play in the playoffs. All this garbage. It's so funny to watch people react in that way. It kind of drives me nuts, but it also makes me laugh. It's like, just have some patience. We got this. <laughs> um And like at the beginning of this episode, Mullins talks about how he'd been looking forward to Knotts for like half the season he knew like he just that's always on his brain and that probably has something to do with why we lost the halifax match um three to one mind you mind you we were up one oh at halftime one nil at halftime and yeah halifax just battled back 
and scored three in a row and took us down a peg. And, you know, it probably was the best thing that could have happened to us. Honestly, like there's, there's some weird mental gymnastics and mental sides of, of the sport where if we had destroyed Halifax, like we should have, we may have gone into Knotts County feeling a little too good about ourselves. If we had won, what was it? 29 in a row or whatever, or unbeaten in 28 games. If we had been unbeaten in 29 games, there's a chance that we could have been overconfident and not played knots the correct way. And so I like it when my team unexpectedly loses to a bad team the week before we play a good team. Um, if we have to lose. So football is very different from American football because um, there are far more games in, in, in the football season than there are in American football season. So um, I can't, you can't afford to lose any games in American football. So that not okay. But as far as football goes, yes, like that was the perfect game for us to just tank because I think that just put a fire inside us and just made us play even harder, even better. We played so well and we got screwed over by the refs. Watching this episode, it I had completely forgotten how terrible the refs were. I think there were, I think I remember five or six times where the ref, the side judge called offsides when we 100% weren't offsides. That guy had to have had like a lean or like one leg shorter than the other um, because just something about his angle of what was straight across the field was completely misguided. He failed geometry sometime in elementary school because that was one of the most horrendous offsides call, like repeated offsides calls over and over and over and over and over. He just messed it up. And it was such a big game. You wouldn't think that that, that would happen. You'd think they'd be a little more careful. But then on the other hand, if you're nervous as a ref, which I imagine a lot probably are um, nervous, I you might you might overcompensate and call too much. But it did really feel like they were overcompensating only against Wrexham, not for Wrexham. And so like that that Bostock penalty at the end of or foul at the end of the first half where he got a free kick and launched it into the upper 90 in one of the prettiest upper 90 free kick goals I've seen in a while. Like that thing was perfectly struck. That shouldn't have happened. The dude tripped himself. Like I'm going to keep repeating it because the dude tripped himself. He tripped over his own feet, fell to the ground. And that's how Knott's County went up one out that and a incredible shot by Bostock. Um, so the ref, I mean, the refereeing was just horrendous yet. We hunkered down. We overcame it. We got three goals um, to their two. And then it came down to the moment we all remember, the moment that's in the opening titles of this show. Um, 
Ted Gummit. Now I'm forgetting the I'm forgetting the guy who shot. Uh, why can't I remember his daggum name? Whatever. The penalty taker for Knotts County. Um kicking it lower 90 on the left-hand side. Ben Foster using all of his strength, all of his might, hitting it with both hands. And mind you, if he hadn't touched it with that second hand, I think the ball would have gone in, and I think we'd have tied Knotts County. But he was able to get both hands on it. It ricocheted off one, ricocheted off the other, then went out. And without that second hand hitting it, uh, it would have gone in the back of the net, I think. It would have at least hit the in inside of the post which probably would have put it in anyway and so i mean that was one of the best moments in my sporting life <laughs> it was absolutely incredible especially not being at the game uh, being at the game i have a lot of top sporting moments but um not being at a game it was one of the best uh sporting moments that i've been a part of and man it was so much fun, I was screaming, jumping up and down, losing my dadgum mind. We were getting ready to go to a wedding that day, and I wore my uh, Wrexham shirt underneath my underneath my uh, collared shirt. And um, man, I was just just smiling ear to ear for the rest of the day over here because you know the games happen in the mornings over here, so we have the rest of the day to revel in the victory or be miserable in defeat. So. Um, I, I mean, there's really not much to say about this episode other than it was awesome. Like it just, it recounted one of the best days probably in Wrexham football history, at least in recent history over the past 20 years. Uh, it, it was a fantastic day. It is what got us promoted. Um, Ben Foster, we owe it all to you, dude. We owe that one moment, um, that got us there <laughs> that, helped us help lift us over Knotts County. We owe that. We owe that moment to you because that was one heck of a save. Um, and yeah, won it three, two fantastic game. It's a blast. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, it was just, this was one of the best episodes of the season. Um, maybe the best, maybe the best episode of the season. Cause it, it all, focused around the primary storyline. It all focused around us trying to get promoted. It continued the story that, that brought everyone together watching this show, um, which it has not, the show has not done that all season. And I mentioned this before, if you want to go back to the last episode and watch, watch my analysis of all of that. Um, but this is the kind of episode that I would expect out of this show. Um, this is the one, this is the kind of episode that's needed and it's needed repeatedly because there are so many crazy, awesome stories that happen around the promotion run. And this obviously was the pivotal moment of the entire season. And I'm so glad they did. They did it such justice and focused basically an entire episode on it. Like they, they did the setup with the Halifax town and then um, all the middle tension leading up to it, and then Super Ben Foster in goal. Uh, gosh, what a what an episode! They do mention in this episode that uh, <laughs> currently down ten million pounds because of all of the investment they've made into the club. 
Um, Sean Harvey does mention, however, that if they were to sell the club right now, they would get far more than that for the club, which totally makes sense. So it's like unrealized gains because you're not actually reaping the profits from it. But if you were to sell it, you'd get profits. And so if this would be the time when an investor who was just trying to get, you know, a return on investment, they would sell the club. But Rob and Ryan aren't going to do that because Rob mentioned, what if we were doing this for the rest of our lives? Which I really hope he does because um, him and Ryan seem just absurdly passionate about the town, about the club, about just this whole endeavor. And it's really, really, really lovely to see and fun to be on the ride. So, um, yeah. I think I think that's it for this for for analyzing the episode, y'all. Because it was, it, I mean, it was just fun. Just go watch it. Hand of Foz. It was, it was like reliving it from last year. Um, everybody was tweeting about it. Everybody was saying like how much they loved that episode and how they were still in suspense, even though they knew the outcome. Some of them were there and they knew the outcome, but they were still tense watching the episode. And I completely agree. Completely agree. And so, yeah. Great job, FX. Great job. Welcome to Wrexham. So um, I'm going to end this episode with looking at a couple of a uh, couple of tweets about Wrexham. Just a couple of them. I love this um, from Ian Jones. It's Ian Jones 8336153 on Twitter. If you want to go follow Ian Jones, it, I believe he's painting this. There's Ian B. Jones down here and he's painting this. He says not quite done but it's uh, Christmas in Wrexham and I want this painting. I mean, I want it really badly. It's awesome. This would be up every, every single Christmas season for me. If, if uh, as soon as he's done with this, uh, if he sells it or is just putting it out there for anyone to, to download, I'm definitely, definitely going to get this because Mullen as Santa Claus or at least Mull Santa Claus wearing a Mullen shirt is is freaking awesome um so yeah good job dude like this is fantastic um yeah i just loved it so wanted to share that with y'all and then another one jason from rexham phoenix it's at rexham phoenix um watching the game watching super paul mullen score yesterday already set up for christmas already got the Wrexham scarves wrapped around the Christmas tree with the Wrexham flag in the window. Fantastic setup. The Wrexham hat is the angel on top of the tree. Gosh, killer setup, killer setup, y'all. I love this. Um, yeah, over here in the States, uh, I would say if, if you're celebrating, if you're already decorating for Christmas and Thanksgiving isn't here yet, um, don't talk to me. Don't mention Christmas to me till after Thanksgiving. However, I realize that the UK and every single other country doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving because you're not American. So I will give you all a pass for starting to celebrate Christmas at the beginning of November. Um, it makes sense in a way. I still think it's too early. Two months of Christmas, I think, is too much. Um, but if you like it, so be it. So y'all get a pass for starting 
to celebrate Christmas this early. Um, yeah, y'all, that'll do it for this episode. Make sure you go over to Twitter and Instagram. Oh, oh, one other thing forgot to mention. Um, since I do one of these shows every week and I still want to be just a regular Wrexham fan as well, not have to comment and analyze every single game. I have decided that I will not be putting out like posting, being involved in texting or anything like that, any messaging apps or anything like that during um, tournament non-league play. So FA Cup, this Bristol Cup that's uh, coming up, Bristol Trophy, whatever it is, um, anything that's non-league play, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. I'm not going to get on social media at all during those during those matches. I just want to sit back and enjoy it as a regular old Wrexham fan. So um, yeah, but for the rest of the league play, as long as I'm around and available, I will be on Instagram, on Twitter. I'll be uh, in the Two Beards, a podcast in Wrexham AFC Discord, which if you haven't joined, um, go join the Discord. Go join the uh, the fan group for that show because those two guys are awesome. Chris and Adrian, fantastic dudes. Um, yeah, go look them up. And then let's see, anything else? No, go follow me, WXM Texan on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Um, Y'all have a great week up the town. Jesus, my soul, your hearts, you're gonna see it. You're gonna see it. And if you knock my soul or with all your strength, you're gonna find it. You're gonna find it.